Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Mary Celeste is one of history's most unsettling stories. You may not have encountered it before, but it was a ship that left New York in November 1872 and a month later was found adrift in the Atlantic. The 10 people who had been on board had vanished and were never seen again. While it's become the staple of conspiracy theorists, the facts of the case are still, as I said, unsettling. A lifeboat was missing from the Mary Celeste, but there was no obvious signs of a struggle or a crisis. Indeed, the ship appeared normal, but yet something had provoked the crew to abandon their ship in the Atlantic in midwinter. Something had clearly gone terribly wrong. While the precise cause is lost to history and has subsequently been further obscured by the many conspiracies forged around the story, for me the ship itself is fascinating. It became an artefact of the crisis, the final testimony of that lost crew. In its own way, this abandoned, eerie ship, found floating in the Atlantic, gave voice to the ten people that were ultimately lost in the Atlantic, a disconcerting testimony to their memory. This episode, the final show of 2021, is recorded in a most unusual castle that has strong echoes of the Mary Celeste. Ballymoon Castle is also surrounded by its own mystery. It too was abandoned in the early 14th century, and while lots of castles have been abandoned at one point or another, few were in the way Ballymoon was. No one knows exactly who built it or why it was ultimately abandoned, but seven centuries later, it is a testimony to a people who lived on a frontier in a war zone where something also went terribly wrong. In what is a very different show to round off the year, I'm off to record today's episode in the ruins of Ballymoon, where I'll tell you what we know about the castle 
and then I'll speculate on what I think might explain why it was abandoned. Before we set off, I need to introduce myself for new listeners. My name is Finn DeWire, and this is the Irish History Podcast. Today's episode is called The Mary Celeste of Medieval Ireland. This is the final show of 2021, and it is the 37th episode of the year, which, as long-time listeners will know, is a big improvement. Back when I started the show in 2010, I think I got four episodes out that year. I'm really grateful to everyone who's tuned in through 2021, but there is one group of listeners who deserve a special mention. Throughout the year, listeners have supported my work and the show production costs on Patreon and Acast Plus, and without them, there would be no Irish History Podcast. So thank you all very much. It means so much to me. Finally, I hope you all have a great Christmas, and I'll be talking to you in early 2022. Sound on today's episode is by Jason Looney. I'll pick up the story when I arrive at Ballymoon Castle. I've arrived at Ballymoon and I'm going to start making my way over to the castle. It's a little bit in off the road. Uh, actually, the farmer here facilitates access to this really fascinating site where he's built a wooden bridge across a little stream uh, from the road into the field. And it's seen better days. It's now encased in metal bars. Anyway, as I make my way over to the castle, I'm just going to explain the general area to you and then I'll pick up the story when I reach the castle. So, uh, Ballymoon is in County Carlow, and maybe if I describe how I got here, it'll help understand this story and I suppose medieval mystery a bit. So, I've driven about 35 miles, or sorry, 35 minutes from my home in, in County Kilkenny, in Kilkenny City, to Carlow. And then to do that, I had to cross the River Barrow. So, that's one feature in the landscape that's going to be important in understanding this story. Now, standing here, if I look to my east, or I suppose, yeah, to my east, I can see Mount Leinster. It's the fifth highest mountain in Ireland, and it's part of the Blackstairs mountain range. And then to the northeast of here are the Wicklow Mountains. Now, they're important, I think, in, in, the, in the story, because a lot of what I'm going to talk about is happens around the year 1300. And while there's been huge changes uh, in the world <laughs> since then, this is one feature, or these features, remain the same. So I'm going to continue walking over to the castle and I'll pick the story up over there. I'm now standing right in front of the castle and before I head in I just want to describe it to you because it's not what you might imagine in terms of if you've got a castle in your mind's eye. This structure looks very different. So it's about 35 metres square. It's not exactly square, but roughly speaking, it's about 35 metres square. It doesn't have towers on the corners, but it does have towers at various points along the walls. They do provide covering, uh, like uh, defenders would be able to have uh, the ability to cover the walls with arrow fire from these towers. So it does look a bit odd. Now, the original plan was when this was built, was that they'd have this outer, obviously, square wall, and then inside it, they would have another, a, a range of buildings would run all along those walls on the inside. So if you can imagine, that would leave then a courtyard right in the middle. So I suppose in explaining it, 
something that comes to mind if you think of those old westerns with like the the frontier uh, fortress made out of wood think of something like that in terms of stone that gives you a sense of the size of this building now i'm next i'm going to walk across the courtyard uh, to one of the few buildings or rooms uh, that remains because that's how we're going to date the building So I've walked across the courtyard just to give you a sense now. The courtyard, it's, it's all covered in grass today. The only things that live in here are sheep. You can see their droppings everywhere. But I've walked across the courtyard to the northeastern corner of the castle. And there's one crucial thing. It doesn't look like, you know, if you came here today, you wouldn't think this was significant. But there's a tower. And as you en enter the tower, uh, there's a kind of an odd arch that's known um, as a Carnarvon arch. And these could be dated to the very late 13th or early 14th century. So we have a window for when this castle was built. So we're talking like 1295 to 1320. So now we know when it was built. And that's really important in terms of the mystery. I'm going to come back to that too. So, so far, what you need to remember is the River Barrow, the mountains to the east. We're talking about the year 1300. Next, what I'm going to do is just step into this tower. There's not much of it left. Like there is a room. You can probably hear the sound is changing a bit. But this now gives us some sense of why the structure was built. This tower sticks out uh, past the walls, if you can imagine that. And then there's an arrow loop that would have allowed a defender to fire at anyone potentially attacking the castle. So that gives you a sense of what the purpose of the building was. There's also a garderobe built into the walls here which um, is essentially a medieval toilet there's a lot of them in the castle and some archaeologists argue that that indicates there was a lot of um, comfort or you know it was built as a house i'm not massively convinced of that because of what i'm about to tell you so i'm going to go back out into the courtyard and next to understand uh, i'm going to move across the courtyard again and explain just the general look of the place because this kind of starts to get to the the, the, the hub of the mystery Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so next I want to describe what's left of the castle to you because this is now where we get into the unsettling mystery. So, as I've described, it's a roughly square courtyard. I'm standing 
on the inside at the eastern wall, looking at the rest of the other three walls around me. That's where most of the features are. Now, even if you know nothing about the archaeology or the history of castles in general, I think most people, when they'd come here, you know, it'd be just one of those things where you might say, there's just something not right about this building, and you'd be right. So I'm going to describe it to you. The walls are about six metres uh, in height, and they're almost uniformly in, in this height the whole way around. So six metres high stone walls. Um, where I'm standing, there is one tower that's about nine metres high, but the rest of the walls are six metres high. Into those walls, there's lots of features, some lovely carved stone windows, the entrance to what were going to be towers, I went into one a minute ago, some arrow loops that would have provided, provided defences. There's also entrance into what was probably going to be a gatehouse. Um, and there is also evidence of what would have become cellars. But the most significant thing that starts to unravel the story of this castle is on the western side. And I'm looking directly across at it now. And there's, you can see the room where the great hall of this castle was going to be. There's evidence of a big double fireplace, a huge, it would have been enormous had it been finished. Then beside that are two, three windows that were going to allow light into this hall uh, during the day. But it's really obvious as you start to look at that and then some of the surrounding features around it, that this castle was never actually complete. And it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's like the Marie Celeste that I mentioned at the, in the title of this episode. Something happened where they had invested. Now you can see already there's huge investment in this castle by uh, uh, the time they stopped uh, building it. But for some reason, they stopped building this castle. And as I say, you can see that because these features, like this, the fireplace is not finished, the big, the great hall that was going to be beside it is not finished. It would need to have gone up another story. And also the fact that, you know, lots of Irish castles look like, you know, they're ruined, there's parts of them have fallen down. That could be because of warfare, fires, uh, over time people rob stones. But here that's not the case because the wall is almost uniform the whole way around, that they were slowly edging it up and then they stopped. Further evidence to the fact that it may not have been complete is that inner wall. If you remember at the start, I said that there was going to be a range of buildings all around the wall and the inside creating an inner courtyard. You can see where those buildings were going to be, but none of those walls ever got really up off the ground. We can see the foundations. And that archaeologist I mentioned earlier, Leask, he speculated that that's all that was ever built. There was only the foundations. That this castle for one reason or another, was stopped, like the construction on it stopped. Now, I find this fascinating because this is capturing a moment in medieval Irish history. In a way, like the Mary Celeste provokes all that intrigue. What happened when those, you know, those sailors left the ship in the mid-Atlantic for some reason? Well, the same is the case here. What happened? Why did people in and around the year 1300 pour huge amounts of money into this castle and then suddenly just stop the construction and largely abandon the site. Now next I'm going to walk just around the courtyard but I'm going to start to speculate about why I think that happened and that leads us into of all years 2022 but stick with me. So I've spent a few minutes just walking around the courtyard trying to gather my thoughts to explain what I think might have happened here. 
it actually leads us on to a podcast series that's coming in 2022. But the story is one a bit, I think, you know, I, I started, I've mentioned the Marie Celeste, but it, this castle might capture just a moment of terrible crisis for the people who started it. So maybe a good way to actually explain this is to go into a tower, the base of a tower, like everything else that wasn't finished here. And I can just describe a view out from this tower and I think it helps understand what I'm going to say. So I'm just making my way in here. So I'm looking east through an arrow loop. Arrow loop would have provided the defenders of the castle an ability to fire down on any potential attacker. But in the, on, in the distance on the horizon, well, on the horizon, it's about 15 kilometres away, I can see the Black Stairs Mountains. There's clouds hanging over the tops of the mountains, forest in between. It's a lovely winter scene, I suppose, and I'd say in summer it's beautiful too. For the people building this castle, around the year 1300, to look out on that, I think, would have filled them with dread every day. I think they would have looked at that and they would have... It would have been a thing that would have filled them with fear. And that starts to explain, one, where the castle was built, but also why it was never finished and why it may not have ended so well for the people building it. I'm just making my way out of here again. So I'm going to explain a little bit more about what Ballymoon and this wider area was like around the year 1300. In a word, I think it's safe to say you could describe this place as hell on earth, uh, around the year 1300. So this part of the country, and indeed all of Ireland, had changed massively around the year 1170, when the Normans had invaded Ireland, they conquered initially uh, the Kingdom of Leinster, and then slowly over time they spread their rule over about 75% of the island. Around the year 1200, a uh, place like Carlow began to be intensively settled by the Normans. The Gaelic Irish were pushed out, or certainly lots of them were. Um, many of them pushed up into those mountains that I just described there. And through most of the 13th century, it seemed that a new power structure was taking hold. There was a little challenge to the Normans, certainly in this part of the island. And they seemed secure and confident and comfortable in their new homes or new lands. But then in 1270, things began to change. You have a series of very significant years where there's poor harvests and famines follow. And this forces the Gaelic Irish, living up in those mountains in many cases, to start to look down on these people who had stole their forefathers' land and decide that they're going to, they have no option now, they're starving up in the mountains and they start to launch raids. And you can see these in annals and records from the 1270s in, in particular onwards. There's particularly bad years are 1270 to 1271, I think 1274, 1294. They, you get the impression that they have no option but to launch these raids. But by the end of the 13th century, a place like Carlow, that's close to the mountains, is becoming increasingly, I think a good way to describe it is, destabilised. These raids are not huge armies pouring in here. It's more in the dark of night, maybe 30, 40 guys on horses will come down and pick off an isolated settlement, maybe burn the, 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 burn the, the, the manor house, 
kill everyone inside and take away what food they can and head back to the mountains. That might explain, though, why this castle is being built. The Normans now realise that the situation is changing. These lands aren't as comfortable, aren't as secure as they once thought. They do have this natural fortification of the Barrow River. But that, if you remember earlier, I've crossed that to get here. So they're out on a frontier here and they start to build a fortification like this on the idea that maybe this can solve the problem. This can hold the land because the Gaelic Irish, they don't attack or they don't lay siege to places like this. They can go in on lightning raids and they can be secure and successful, you know, coming from the dead of night. So this castle is emerging. And if you're a Norman settler in this region or the descendant of the original settlers, you might look at this and go and see hope in the future in this castle. And it rises up as they're described. They put one, they put three, you know, the first story goes up. Then the second story with that, those fireplaces that were going to be, you know, a story up off the ground, that goes up. And there's hope maybe that this castle here at Ballymoon would be somewhere that they could retreat. But then, for some reason or another, it all stopped. And I think, you know, we'll never know exactly why, but maybe it could easily have been, you know, a fateful night in a December day, maybe like this one, in a bad year, where the Gaelic Irish start to attack again. Maybe it starts off by knowing attacks are happening in the distance. You might see fires on the mountainsides or in settlements or farmsteads closer to the mountains and they burn. And then the next night, maybe the Gaelic Irish enticed on by successes come further. And then, you know, the builders of this castle, maybe they're secure. They feel that they're in behind the walls of an unfinished castle, but still their walls. And they don't think anything will happen to them. And then something for one reason or another, the Gaelic Irish managed to break in here. They burned down maybe whatever wooden gate had been put up over the archway. They burned the structures, maybe wooden structures have been already built inside the courtyard. They burned them down. They take away all the food or anything they can carry and leave. And probably the Gaelic Irish themselves know that once this castle is built, it'll be much harder for them. So they do a bit of damage themselves. Then, you know, a few days later, someone turns up and finds everyone here that's supposed to be building this structure dead. And then construction stops, probably stops with people having full intention to come back and build it. You know, that they'll come back and that they have hopes that if they can build this, they can really hold all this land to the east of the River Barrow, that natural defensive line, as I said, that I had to cross to get here. But that's not what happens. Because in 1315, one of the most significant events in medieval Irish history takes place. And that's the story of the Bruce invasion. That's three years of intense warfare accompanied by famine. This warfare is like, it's an incredible story. It's these, I really think it's, you know, it's, it's akin to a Game of Thrones. Now that's coming in 2022. I'm going to have a five part series after the War of Independence ends. But I think coming back to this site, it's the architecture of crisis. It's where, the, this is the physical representation of a crisis where the Norman colonies start to fall apart, where they had built a bit, you know, the building in ways expressed their confidence that they could hold this land and then the reality that they couldn't because it was never finished.
to finish today's episode here at Ballymoon, I've just stepped into what was the gatehouse to try and get out of the rain. It's starting to come down uh, pretty heavy now. But this is obviously the last episode of 2021. And firstly, I want to thank everyone on Patreon and Acast Plus. I'm indebted to you for your support. You keep the show on the road and I'm really grateful. So thanks to everyone who supports the show there. Secondly, I want to thank everyone who's tuned in throughout the year. Uh, I, it's great to think that people listen to the show and then I've gotten great feedback from you all throughout the year. Sorry if I didn't get back to you. Uh, some weeks I just get an awful lot in and I wouldn't have time to respond to everyone. 2022 is going to be a great year. I'm pretty confident of that. The plan is to get 50 episodes of the main show out. So that's obviously a further step up. Um, but that is the plan. I've got some great series planned. Obviously, we're going to finish the War of Independence. Before that, though, in January, I've got a really cool episode from behind the scenes in the National Museum. Asteroids, things like that that people never see. That's going to be great. Also next year, about March, I reckon, the series on the Bruce Invasion. That'll be five episodes there. The Irish Civil War, that's hopefully coming out next year too. And then there's lots of other series, you know, short ones, you know, two, three episodes. They're in the works as well. One that I'm thinking of at the moment is Historic Walks. So if you actually have a historic walk in your area that you think would make a good show, get in touch with me at Info at Irish History Podcast and I will see if it would work and maybe we could make a show out of it. It doesn't have to be a famous walk, just one that you think has a good history to it. Let me know and maybe we can make a show out of that. Okay, this rain is coming down uh, pretty heavy now, so I'm actually going to wrap it up there. But I hope you all have a lovely Christmas. Thanks for tuning into the show and I will see you all in 2022. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.